Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nasreen Barbeck, and Jessica Fowler. Hello and welcome to the Radically Embody Love podcast with myself, Jessica Falcon, and my beautiful co-host, Nazrin Barbic. We are excited to have a guest with us today, Mitzi McMahon. She's a quantum healer who speaks light language and works with embodied healing. And she's here to talk to us today about her own journey into this field, but also, you know, what we're all experiencing right now as we enter the darker months, as we near the solstice, even though this is coming out in January, as we kind of near the solstice, as we go through the period of winter in the Northern Hemisphere in particular, as we start to go into the caves of our bodies, what that process is, what it looks like as we start to release what no longer serves to create space for the new, to create space as we enter into 2024, as we create from a place of soul, we have to release what is not in alignment with the soul. And so Mitzi, I'd love for you to start by talking about that, that what never ending eternal process of evolution, right? That requires that constant release and then, you know, bringing in the new. I'd love for us to focus on that as we, as we're here in the new year, like what that process looks like. And not only that, but really what are these tools that our listeners can use as they're going through their own journey? Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So this idea of darkness for me, this is something that I've been going through the last few weeks. Um, And here, like you said, in the Northern Hemisphere, we're approaching winter, but we also have the holiday season here. And the holiday season for me has always been, uh, I've never, I've always struggled with it. The pressure, the to-do list, the have to do all of these things, the, um, invitations to attend all these different gatherings and all of that stuff. And I have been my whole life an overachiever. So I had to do all of these things and I wouldn't let myself off the hook. The last few years, this has changed for me. And this year, especially for some reason, it has hit me differently. And I, as I'm, we're approaching winter the the longer nights, the darker, it's dark longer, it's cold. And I've sort of shifted the way that I look at that and think about it as going within. And for me, sitting in uncertainty has been something, has been a challenge for me. I've always, uh, it's always made me uncomfortable. I've always had to have the answers. I've always been like my mind skitters and runs around trying to find the answers to everything. So for me to sit in this place of unknown and darkness and just be has been really challenging and also really, really liberating. Um, So what it feels like needs to happen. 
And I tell this to all of my clients and their reaction is similar to mine where they sort of balk. But when we go within into this darkened place where it's quiet, we actually can allow things to surface that need to be looked at. Um, one thing that just happened for me is I've been, I have a Facebook group that I run for my business and it's been, I've had it for a couple of years and it was really fun in the beginning, but over this last little bit, it's not fun anymore. And I've been resisting that because I thought that's who I had to be. I had to show up for my people like this. And so over this last couple of weeks, it surfaced that ah, this doesn't bring me joy anymore. And I allowed myself to look at it. And for the first time, which was a huge deal, because like I said, I was a rule follower. I was an overachiever. I had to do all these things. And once I started doing something, it was hard for me to pivot. Um, and so this amazing thing happened when I allowed myself to consider the possibility of stopping. It's like a huge shift happened. And I was talking to a friend last night and I was telling her, it was like, it's almost like a, I reclaimed a piece of me and like a piece of me came back. So out of doing it out of obligation, I was choosing joy. I was choosing to let go of something that no longer served me. Um, so that's just one example of something that I've been undergoing in this place of just sitting, allowing things to surface that no longer serve me so that I can offload them so that I can then realign and see what wants to come forward to be birthed in the spring. I love that. Yeah. And especially tonight, as we're recording this, it's 12 12. So it's a full moon, which is even um, more intense energies here for us to go deep within to see what comes and to their light. Right. So we go to the dark to see what's coming up in the light so we can embrace that. And, you know, I'm sure you're not alone, especially during this time, as you were mentioning, all the to do this. And the expectation of how we are supposed to approach this time. And uh, when we don't want to attend, we still have that voice within us that, oh, we need to say yes to everything that comes our way. And when we release the control and just be and really go within where our joy is and we listen to that voice that tell us, what we really want to do, our soul is seeking to do and let go of what we think should be and how it's supposed to look and what we're supposed to be doing is diff definitely, as you said, it is very liberating, right? You just r relax into being rather than constantly thinking, what can I do next? What is in my to-do list? It's like that energy of you never actually relax to being right and getting comfortable with not knowing you know it's interesting that our life is actually all about changes nothing is stay still and everything changes constantly ourselves in our body are not the same you know from week to week and yet we find it very hard to relax into changes and the unknown that is constantly around us, right? And just to embrace it. And my experience is when we actually embrace it and then things start showing up in much ease rather than the struggles 
you know, just creating that trust. So that's a great way to start. And I know that you're a quantum healer. What does quantum mean to you? Like, what does that entail in your uh, work that you do? I like to describe it as quantum healing is allowing for a miracle without needing to understand the why behind it. So in what my energy work, I do um, lots of things around cords and contracts or energy clearing. Um, but I also bring in a part um, that's relatively new for me. I call it it's parts work. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Uh, I experienced it for myself. And for me, that has been the missing piece for a lot of well, my own self, but for a lot of my clients. So I sort of bridge the two. Um, I include light language and sound healing in the quantum sphere of it. Um, things that aren't, you know, are traditional or Western medicine, you know, alternative things that just because we can't see it doesn't mean it isn't real. doesn't mean it doesn't have impact. Um, yeah. So that's how I describe quantum healing. I, I, there's so much that the two of you said that I want to come back to a couple pieces before we move forward, because um, particularly around this this holiday notion, but even when we're, even though we're past the holidays, right? By the time this is going live, this notion of, of needing to do more, needing to fulfill these obligations, needing to, to do, 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 that's a year long struggle, right? That we all have. And I don't think it's a coincidence that <clears throat> I literally woke up this morning, I was lying in bed and I woke up and often I'll receive deep messages from my soul and guides first thing in the morning because I'm coming out right of that I think sleep is when we commune with our soul and commune with our guides and I can I was I often will come out and then it's like boom there will be a message or there will be a knowing or an experience and this morning it surprised me and it was this feeling deep in my core of I'm not doing enough which is exactly what we're talking about. I don't think it's a coincidence. And so I went into the feeling. I'd I, I normally do meditation as soon as I wake up. So I went into, I thought, I'm just going to meditate on this today. And so I put my hands on my core and I really tuned in and felt the energy that I'm not doing enough, right? What's the energy underneath that anxiety? What's the energy underneath that fear? Oh, what's the fear, right? And just be with that. Because like you, right, this, I don't know how you describe parts work specifically, but for me, it is ancient feminine wisdom to acknowledge and be with all parts of self, light, dark, what we call ego, what we call soul, include all of it in love, include all of it in wholeness, include all of it in union, because that is how we come into union with the soul with the truth of who we are because not because we identify with these things but because we become curious and we allow them to reveal the wisdom they hold and so as i really got to the core of this within myself two things one which is a huge part of the work i do and i'm curious if you've done any of this work like or do this work with your clients is old slave codes mm -hmm of being forced 
into doing and not allowed to be because you're your property, you're an object, you're a possession, and your role is to do, to produce. Those are slave codes that even for those who haven't had, quote, past lives as slaves, are slave codes very deeply programmed into the human consciousness, into the collective consciousness that I believe we all have to free ourselves from the slave codes and prostitution codes and servant codes in which we were not allowed to be free and sovereign because we were told the divine is not in us. And as a result of that programming, we have these belief system so deeply embedded of I'm not enough, I have to do, I have to prove I'm not worthy. That's all rooted in, in this separation from our own divinity at the core, the core. And so when we have this, I need to do more, I'm obligated, I need, right? There's all this pressure to be really curious about those feelings and where they are in your body so that you can release and see and go into what is your soul's truth underneath that. And for me, it was a deeper feeling of I'm not enough, right? Mm -hmm. Which I see this in my clients. I see this a lot. When we have that feeling of I'm not doing enough, underneath that is I am not enough. And in order to be enough, I have to do more, right? And that I have to effort, that I have to force, that I have to push. Again, so ingrained and our subconscious minds and our bodies from this life, from past life, from inherited belief systems. And when we can be conscious of the beliefs at the root of what's coming up, we have the chance to change those beliefs and choose a new belief, a new pattern based on our soul's truth but we can't just choose the belief intellectually. We have to choose and align the belief emotionally in our field and energetically in our field. And so this brings me back to quantum healing because when we work in the quantum realm, my own perception of this as well is like working in the energetic realm where we're not limited to time and space. We're not just working with physicality. We're working with what is forming physicality, which is the energy that creates our physicality. Is that how you would look at it? Yeah, the I love everything that you had to say there. Um, in the quantum field, anything is possible. Anything and everything is possible. And there's something that I call like the zero point where we go to the source. And what I found in my own work and with my clients is this work is done in layers. We can only get to what we're able to see at this point in time. So when we're able to see that, we heal that through various means. And then that creates the space for the next layer to rise. And then that's the deeper layer. And it just goes like this as you're able. And I also like to tell my clients in quantum healing, the healing happens as fast as you're willing to allow it. So some people resist and it's it's all good. We all have our own process that we have to go through. Um, speaking about these codes that you're talking about, like this enslavement codes, I believe that we're actually, that's something that we on the earth right now are consciously working to liberate ourselves from a level that we're not even, a lot, a lot of people aren't even able to see. More and more people are beginning to be aware of it. So this 
enslavement happens on multiple, multiple levels. Um, and that's actually, I guess, a little clarity around my work is evolving. That word enslavement actually is going to be, that's what I'm here to do, is help people free themselves from enslavement. A lot of people don't like the word enslavement. They don't see themselves as being enslaved. Um, but these come... Uh, these come many, many different ways. One of the ways that I do parts work is what you're feeling right now when you get, um, I think I would go back to how you said you choose a different belief. How I see it is once you do the healing and you do the releasing and the unburdening and whatever that takes, whatever form that takes for individually, then you are actually freer to feel into what is true for you. And then that informs what you're going to try now or what you want to experiment not with now or play around with or or is there actually another layer that needs to be healed as it come as it we continue to do the work. And one of the things I wanted to say earlier back to my comment about this time, I think in generations past we were much more in tune with the natural cycles of the earth. So the going inward was something that we just did. And as we've gotten so busy and commercialized and outward focused and needing the adrenaline from the external validation, we have lost touch with that. And that's something that I feel really drawn to is um, to embrace some of these older traditions. Sometimes people think old when they're, you know, they're not evolved. And actually it's, there's some that are just really, really full of wisdom if we would just take the time to um, investigate it and see how it fits with our, make it make it work for us. I like to tell my clients, just because this is what works for me, it doesn't have to work for you that way. Take it on, play with it, see what feels good for you and incorporate it so that it works for you, your energy field and your goals and what you're working on healing. Um so yeah, I sort of rambled. I'm not sure if I answered your questions. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And um, yeah, I wouldn't call it old tradition, more like wisdom tradition. Yeah. And the only difference was for them, they were really one with nature and they received a lot of wisdom uh, from nature. And we can see the four seasons, right? And in winter, right? What happens, right? And so everything in a way, go deeper within, quiets down, right? And that's, we're part of nature. We have season. And we, if we allow that to be without questioning it, that, oh, something wrong with me, rather than this is my season of going deeper within. I don't want to be out there that much. I just want to be more into doing my own thing, reading, going within, doing more meditation, I'm not thinking that I'm isolating myself, but it's just something my soul is seeking until the spring of my time comes and I want to go out there and bloom and shine and do things, right? And just feel that oneness with nature that we are part of it. I think it's part of the wisdom that uh, it can guide us through the, the changes, right? And I always think, imagine if trees would say, What's wrong with me? I'm I'm losing my leaves. Oh no, I am. <laughs> you know, it's like to have this 
like wisdom of going through the season without questioning any of that as you know we tend to all constantly question and because we want things um, there's a safety issue, I think, that we feel safe and everything is stay the same. And we're not really good with changes. And that's part of things that we need to embrace in a way. And even for me, it's like, oh, getting older, right? Seeing myself in a different way. You know, how can I embrace that? There's so much with them that I have that I didn't have when I was younger, right? And I wouldn't trade that. So like embracing the whole of us as we progress through our life um, is a beautiful place to be. And so the other thing I wanted to mention as you were talking about the part is like part of the, the journey is becoming aware of our thoughts and then realizing that we don't need to believe our thoughts. We can question all of it and our belief. But that requires us to be really fully conscious and aware um, because most of the times uh, we go to an auto place of just reacting to life because we're not aware of what's going on within us and we get triggered and we react. So part of the journey is just become more aware of the thoughts that we have, the feeling that arises within us not necessarily from a place of that we need to respond to it, because the moment we bring light to it and notice it, then as Jessica was saying, then we have a choice, right? We have a choice to act on it or just see through it that, oh, I do feel jealous right now. And why am I feeling jealous about this? What is it that I think is missing within me, for instance, that is causing me? And when we go to that inquiry within us, lot shows up for us, that it, it, there is a wisdom in all of it, that we don't need to judge it. And we need to just embrace what is showing up, but not necessarily act on it. That's how we have the choice to make things different, to make a difference in our lives than when we do that. So I am curious, how did you in your journey, uh, because I don't know much about your background, how your journey found you? How did this path become part of uh, what you chose to do? Oh, you said so many good things there. Um, as far as my journey, my journey began 23, 24 years ago now. I remember it like it was yesterday. I It was this proverbial light bulb moment. I was reading and it just went every and everything shifted. Over the next two years, I read almost 400 books, I, everything I could get my hands on. I was just like a sponge soaking it all up. And I remember at one point I got mad because there were no new books out there for me to read. So I was very curious about everything. Um, like I said, like a switch went on and I just, I was insatiable. And what I know now is I was actually working on healing myself at the time. It didn't, I didn't realize that there were so many things that I went through um, in my journey of healing myself. And one of the big things was I had sexual abuse trauma and I didn't, it was so deeply buried. One of the ways that 
my soul, my beingness was trying to bring it to the surface is I spent 10, 12 years writing fiction. I left my corporate job. I wanted to write fiction full time. And I was every, and it was literary genre. And every one of the characters had some sort of rape, uh, sexual trauma. And I didn't put it together until I was working with someone and they pointed that out. So that was the first layer. And as I was going along, um, the not being good enough, not feeling worthy, not uh, all of the enough things uh, was part of my journey as well. In there, my son also battled a heroin addiction. For 10 years, he was uh, addicted to drugs. Six of that was heroin, and it was the absolute worst thing that I have ever gone through in my life. At one point, I had to get to and the, and the interesting thing about this is I had many conversations with him that I knew he had done this before. And he I kept telling him that he chose uh, his parents to help him through this, to help him master this. I had lots of visions about different lives where he had done it and he checked out early. He, he hadn't over, been able to overcome it. Um, part of that journey was me getting to a place where I could allow him to die if that's what he chose. There was a part of me that knew it was like when you were talking before about observing or when these thoughts come up, the observer is what I call it. And there was a part of me, like a higher self part that could observe this knowing that he's a soul, a sovereign being with his right to choose. And I did not like it in any way, shape or form. I was angry, but a part of me knew I had to honor that if that's what he chose. That was a really big part of my journey, this letting go, this letting, not, not trying to control everything. Um, we sent him to five different rehabs, and I'm very thankful. December 1st was his five-year clean anniversary. So we're so grateful that he chose to stick around. But as I was doing this work, the next layer came. I had, thought, I had done a lot of work around my sexual abuse trauma, and I thought I had healed it. And I realized... I had not. And that's where parts work came in for me. And it was so profound working on the parts, my internal parts that judged myself for being a victim of that, the parts that held the trauma, the parts, there were so many intricate parts. That is what I, I believe I have gone through all of these things so that I now then can serve my clients in a certain, in a specific way. And it's really interesting how many clients have come to me that have experienced either addiction or sexual abuse trauma, definitely control. Um, fear is a big one. Jessica, you were talking about fear earlier. Fear is the biggest thing. It's underneath everything. We may label it different things, but it is fear. And when we can have courage to look at the fear when we can be curious about it. And sometimes that sounds a little flippant. And I know it's not easy in the beginning to be curious about something because we are in it. We're in the trauma. We're experiencing it. It takes some work of offloading and healing and releasing so that you can create the space so that you can be curious and let it tell you what it needs to tell you. Um, so as I've gone through all of this, Part of it was I felt really isolated. I felt really alone in my struggles. And I just kept feeling, well, if I can help somebody with what I've experienced, shave off five years, 10 years of struggling, 
And then the quantum energy piece dropped in and I had been doing it all along, but I didn't have a structure for it. I'm super intuitive. Um, and that's only gotten better as I've gone along my journey and I continue to do my healing, continue to evolve. And I just feel like I'm here to help others um, not feel so alone, show them that there is a different way of being. They don't have to stay stuck. They don't have to feel isolated and overwhelmed and buried. And they can actually, um, there's a way to feel freer, to heal and to feel the joy again. So it's just sort of evolved into, I wanted to give back and, um, I was doing it like kind of on the side. I started with crystals, um, crystal consciousness is amazing. And you were talking about nature before Nazrin about how fairies and the gnomes and the pixies, and that's all real. And even the natural elements, you can talk to a tree, they have things to share with us. So I've just sort of brought all of this in and opened myself up and officially went into business a few years ago. Um, yeah, that's kind of been my journey, maybe a longer version, but that's how it is. <laughs> I love that you were sharing so vulnerably and openly around that very intense, powerful journey into where you are now, because what I find so beautiful is that when we have these really intense journey journeys, it is for a reason, right? It's not for not like we don't suffer for not right. And, and it's, it's the journey of your soul opening and becoming more and more of its truth and unraveling from the ways right that it wasn't honored that it wasn't living in alignment with its truth and that's that journey never ends because we're constantly until we are you know fully in alignment with love and the divine right we're always going to find another piece to spiral into and what i honor is that you were able to not stay stuck in those identities and those roles and those belief systems, and even the feelings that were the result of those belief systems of the overwhelm of the fear, and transform them into your power, transform them into your truth, transform them into, hey, I don't have to stay there anymore. I get to change, right? Just what kind of how we started out the conversation where we have to release in order to create space for the new to come in, because we've talked about this on the podcast before, transformation is not becoming something or someone else. Transformation is releasing what you're not. And that means going within into that cave. That means going within and being willing to sit with, wow, this is uncomfortable. Why is it uncomfortable? Because I have found safety and what is familiar. As, as Nas mentioned, you know, I have found safety in what is known. I have found safety, and this is what I often see most in my clients and what I experience myself and what I hear in your story as well, is that when we are purely identifying as the ego self, what that means is that we are purely identifying ourselves through the eyes of others, through our external roles, achievements, actions, the doing, the 
the expectations put on us, the opinions of others, we let all of that become our identity. Well, then when we start releasing all of that, there's a moment where the news not there yet. And all you have is your soul, your heart, your inner knowing, your inner truth. Hopefully connecting to that before the, the other identity starts to crumble because that's what creates the stability in the midst of the transformation. And, and there's no necessarily physical anything we can grasp onto. And the reason for that is because you're not supposed to grasp onto the external anymore so that we can release the grasp onto the external and lean into the self. But this time it's the true self. And it's that process that then repeats itself. But I know for myself that every time I go through this, it's easier because I have the consciousness and the tools under my belt but that doesn't necessarily make it easy, right? It's still uncomfortable to be in the in-between. We don't wanna go back to the old identities and the ways we've believed or thought that were so unconscious. We're not quite fully in the new and we have to stay in that discomfort in order for the transformation to fully arrive. And that's not often talked about enough, right? There's so much in the spiritual community about letting things be easy and letting everything just flow all the time. And you know, that somehow you're supposed to be, everything's supposed to be easier when you're more spiritual. That's not true. <laughs> the soul brings us initiations and challenges for a reason to evolve past old identities and Sometimes the most wisdom comes through those challenging, difficult moments. And it's not because something is wrong with us or we're not spiritual or evolved enough or divine enough. It's because we're, we're, our soul desires that. Our soul wants to have that. So I, I feel like to kind of wrap some things together, what I really want to highlight for the listener is that when we have these parts that fear, right? Because as you said, fear is really at the root of so many of these other things that we're experiencing. When we have these parts that fear, if we can love the part that fears, then that fear no longer has power because that fear is just the part of the self that's trying to protect itself. And when we can love the part of us that wants to protect us, but then choose the discomfort anyway, choose love over fear, which is to love the fear and to deepen into your soul's truth, no matter what, that's reclaiming your power so that you are fully in alignment with your soul. And I feel like we could probably talk about this for forever because there's so much more depth here. <laughs> but how would you, as we kind of start to wrap up, because I just realized the time as well, how would you, or what would you suggest to our listeners, you know, 
we touched on on the surface, right? Just the surface of so many deep things today. But what would you suggest that our listeners can do on an actual embodied level or a practical level to move through the transition from the old to the new? I think it's going to depend and it's going to be an individual thing. Related to that, I want to say one thing is I view this as us remembering who we are. Remember, we are so much more than our physical bodies. And when I place it through that lens of remembering, it makes it where it's easier to be willing to explore, be willing to be curious. I think for a lot of people, if moving through the, in the transition from the old to the new, sitting in, in uncertainty, as we've talked about, is extremely difficult. So if you can feel in your body where you're holding the tension, is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it uh, um, whatever emotion it is? Um, crying is a great release for me. When I get so overwhelmed, I just cry and I've gotten so much so good at it now. I'll be walking through the house and something happens and I just bust out crying. And my husband's like, he's he's got he's got it. I said, I'm just working through something and then it's gone. And the thing is, is when you feel when you allow yourself to feel the emotions, it only takes about 90 seconds for it to peak. And then it moves on. It can go longer if you want to dig in, but oftentimes we avoid it because we're afraid of emotion. So let yourself cry. Let yourself. Um, shake like a dog, like if you have adrenaline and move it out of your body. Journaling, if you can get in that quiet space or meditation and meditation doesn't have to be the sit down meditation. It can be a walking meditation. It can be out in nature and just letting things sort of ease off you, the, all the noise ease off you so that you can get clear on what it is that's so uncomfortable and what does this mean about you if it's uncomfortable and all of the things and the safety issues and all of it. Um, so find things that work for you. If you're a crystal person, if you're drawn to a particular crystal, ask it to help you, ask it to teach you what it needs to teach you. Sleep with it, put it under your pillow, meditate with it, stick it in your pocket and walk around with it during the day. Um, anything and everything is available to you. Um, as you're sitting in the uncertainty. And I promise you, it gets clearer. The longer you can allow yourself to sit, these little epiphanies will come. It, things I find that they just sort of bubble to the surface and like pop, oh, that's it. And it's like, it changes everything. So that would be what I would, oh, and sound. Sound is a beautiful, underrated healing modality. I use um, alchemy crystal singing bowls and their frequency it transports you, it holds you, supports you as you do your journeying, as you do your inquiry, as you feel the emotions. Um, sound is a beautiful thing to bring in. Thank you so much, Mitzi. So much wisdom. And I love it. The key point, be intentional. And your body has a lot of wisdom. Just get in tune with that wisdom and let it guide you and see what it speaks to you. Sound, crystal, meditation, there is no one way. There is many ways and one destination in a way that gets you to get to know you, who you truly are and remember who you are, as you were mentioning, the journey of remembering 
and it's all beautiful. And I also know you have a gift for us. Would you like to say something about that? Yes, it's a light language activation. So it's also got an underlayer of the crystal alchemy singing bowls to it. So just to add a layer of that. So it will, if you set your intention, it will help bring to the surface that which you're ready to release so that you can make the space as just what we've been talking about, making the space for the next thing to surface, to come in, uh, to be birthed. So it's um, know that... Um, each time you listen to it, it takes you a deeper level. Um, and if it's not meant for you, it won't land. Lovely. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your time and presence with us and our listeners. We've really enjoyed the conversation. And 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 this is just scratching the surface of so many, like we could take this in so many different directions. So I wish we had more time to go into it even more deeply, but definitely find Mitzi um, uh, and go ahead before I finish and tell us your website or where people can find you. MitziDenise.com. MitziDenise.com. Of course, we'll put the links in the show notes below. So be sure to find that. And is that where they can also access the light language activation? And we'll put that link below as well. Yeah. Yeah. Go on your website. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And so... Uh, just want to also thank our listeners for being here. I lost my train of thought right before that. (laughs) (laughs) We also want to thank our listeners for being here, for tuning in. Let us know your comments if you have any questions and really take to heart, right? The, the wisdom that you've received today and apply it because we can share and share and share all of this with you. But it's up to you as the listener to then say, okay, what is one thing from this show today? What is one thing that I can bring into my life right now that I can do today, whether it be listening to the light language, whether it be spending time with your body, whether it be journaling about a belief or a feeling that keeps coming up for you? What is one thing that you can take from this conversation that aha resonated with your body heart? that you can actually apply because if you want to create the shift, it is not in your mind alone. Your mind creates the consciousness for the shift to happen, but you have to do the work of integration, seeking support, doing the practices so that it becomes embodied and felt and experienced. And that only you can do. So just want to leave you with that as we enter into this new year and so grateful for a conversation today with both of you. And we'll see you all soon next time on the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Thank you so much.